Hi, everyone, and welcome back to How to College for First Gen, our podcast where we get together with fellow first gens to have discussions about their journeys before, during, and after college. It has been a crazy couple of weeks here in Houston, Texas, but hopefully all of our listeners are safe out there. As you all might have seen from the news, many of us were left without power or water or both. But we're now back and running, and hopefully we're here to bring you an exciting episode today. On today's episode, we will be discussing first gens that are involved in political campaigns. First, we will begin with Khan, who is a high school senior getting ready to go to college. She has worked in two political campaigns, and she'll discuss with us why she's been involved. So let's get started. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you, Norma. How are you? Good, good. It is a cold day here in Houston, Texas, but we are trekking along. Tell our audience a little bit about you and where you're located. I was originally born in Ho Chi Minh City, but I currently live in Everett, Washington State, and I've been living here for about 12 years since I was four years old. So tell me a little bit about your family. You are a first-generation college student. When did you first learn that you would be the first in your family to enter a four-year institution? I've always known that like no one in my family has gone to college, so that has always been a really big weight on my shoulder because I'm the first in my family also to receive an American education and to complete high school in the United States. My mom didn't even complete high school, so that weight on higher education has always been on me. But throughout high school, I questioned whether I would even be able to pursue higher education given its expense and given my background with parents who have not gone to college. But I applied to Columbia University early decision this fall. And then in mid-December, I found out, I, I remember the day, it was like, I think it was like the 16th and I just logged onto the portal and I found out that I was accepted to Columbia University early and that was my first choice school and I'm now happily committed. That is amazing. Congratulations. I am getting goosebumps just from hearing you because very similarly, my mom did not go to high school. She has a third grade education. So even just the thought of finishing high school was already a big win for my family. And obviously the university piece was the big cherry on top. So I am sure your family is very proud of you. So you are a senior currently in high school. What is your high school like? Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, well, my senior year differs a little bit from the traditional senior year given the circumstances of the pandemic this year. But I am taking my regular classes. They're all online. I'm taking most of my classes at my high school. And then I'm also taking some at my local community college, Edmonds Community College. But we're getting through our second semester now. So just wrapping up my last few classes. And I'm just enjoying these last few months before I graduate. Well, congrats. I know that it is not the senior year that you imagined, but I'm sure you're making the best of it as all of us are just trying to stay safe. But I am curious before we jump into political campaigns, was education a big emphasis in your household? Like was your mom like, Khan, you're doing this, you have to do this? Or where do you think that idea came from? I'm becoming the first one and, and honestly trusting the education system that you would be able to meet this goal at the end? That's a really good question, actually. Education, I think it is 
somewhat emphasized in my school. Like my parents and just my family in general really depended on me to get into college because if I did, I would be the first one. And I have generations of younger siblings and cousins who are also looking to me to be that role model for them. Because if our parents haven't gone into college and our grandparents haven't gone into college and we don't have friends and peers that we can come to, like I'm doing this for them, right? Because now that I've gotten into college, my younger cousins, my younger siblings, they can come to me and I can give them the resources that I was never able to have access to during my academic journey. But before I was accepted to college, I didn't have that much trust in the education system. And I still don't today. I think there's a lot of flaws within it. But obviously, like, you know, the typical trope of low-income students, uh, we go to underfunded schools, under-resourced schools. My counselors never really had time for me. Like, at our school, we don't have college counselors. And there's too many kids failing for counselors to even prioritize students who want to get into college because community college and the military is all that's ever emphasized. Like we're not ever really exposed to higher education. So growing up, I didn't actually ever think I could pursue top 20 schools like Columbia or like Ivy League schools. I actually was concerned that I would go to community college. Not that there's anything wrong with community college, but I really wanted to branch out beyond what my family has been limited to. So I had to be really resourceful because I knew that my younger siblings and my cousins and my entire family, they were depending on someone to finally break these generational barriers of a lack of education. So I had to seek out my own resources. I had to Google every day scholarships, pre-college programs, internship opportunities, and like obviously studying and staying focused on school and on my schedule and in an academic rigor. So it was really hard to maintain all of that while also being a low-income first-gen student. Now being accepted into college, I'm very happy that I was able to be so resourceful that I was able to look for all of those things on my own because I had to go above and beyond to obtain the opportunities that I did. But it has also made me realize that like we shouldn't have to be so resourceful. I shouldn't have to be exceptionally resourceful in the way that I was because all of those opportunities and those resources should have been made accessible to me. And I'm really passionate about working towards making the opportunities that I was able to find more accessible to other communities from marginalized backgrounds. No, and and what you're mentioning makes 100% sense. And as a matter of fact, there's a lot of research on what they call undermatching for higher ed. So essentially students who would be able to get into this top 20 schools, but don't because they don't even know that it's a possibility. So they don't even apply. So it's it's a real problem that you're stating. and, And you're right, because the disparity is so big with underfunded schools that oftentimes it's not even a matter of can the student get in It's the student is not going to get in because they never applied just as simple as that but I don't want to get too much into ed policy here because that would be another episode what I want to talk a little bit about is political campaigns and first generation college students I want to hear from you first of all which campaigns have you been involved with and then why you decided to get into those campaigns This year, I've been involved in two political campaigns. The first one was Solomon Rajput's campaign for United States Congress. And then the second was Jesse Johnson's campaign, a local representative. He was running for re-election in the House of Representatives in Washington. And so how did you learn that this opportunities that you would be interested in doing? Because you could have done many things, right? You're obviously interested in education. You could have been volunteering at schools. Why did you choose or did politics choose you? Why was this your thing? 
I was always very interested in politics, but political campaigns in particular, I didn't get started on until very recently. I actually just saw like an ad, a TikTok ad about Solomon Rajput's campaign. And it was the first time that I ever learned about campaign volunteering opportunities for high school students, because usually you think of political campaigns and the interns are like college students or adults. So I signed up on a whim and I felt like I was a part of something bigger than myself. I know that's very cliche, but we were all working towards getting this individual elected. And I initially joined because I felt like all of the issues that the candidate was passionate about, I was very passionate about. And as like one individual person, I can't do much. But helping this person get elected and then to represent all of these socio-political issues in Congress, like that would be a really effective way to bring attention to these issues and to combat them politically. So I felt like it was just really strategic to work on a political campaign in order to advocate for the issues that I was passionate about. And then the second campaign, I also saw an ad. It was a posting for just internships and I reached out to them. That one was a much smaller campaign. And again, I felt like I was a really big part of something. My second time around being a part of the campaign, it was much smaller. So I got to know the candidate much more one-on-one. And it was also a great opportunity for me to learn more about the ins and outs of electoral politics and political campaigning. So I'm wondering if it has anything to do also with your background from your family coming from Vietnam. Is there something about the democratic system that you are like, yes, I believe in it, I want to be part of it? Or do you think that has nothing to do with it? I think it definitely is intersectional with my background. I wouldn't say that like there's anything in particular that makes me think, oh, like I want to be a part of the democratic system. Because as I've grown older, I think there are a lot of flaws in our democratic system and our government. But my family, when we first moved here from Vietnam, obviously we weren't citizens. My parents had to study really, really hard for their citizenship test in order to become citizens of the United States. And throughout their process, I helped them study because obviously the English wasn't their first language. They weren't fluent in it and they had trouble like reading the material and studying. So I was a very integral part of them preparing for this exam. And then when they passed and they became citizens like it was a really monumental moment like at the time I was really really young but I also became a citizen along with them and we came from Vietnam together as a family and then we became citizens together as a family now we are part of this democratic system and I think that very personal experience with citizenship and with the United States government and becoming a part of it has made it become a really close part of my heart because my family has been able to become citizens. And this process, as flawed as it can be, offers a lot of opportunities for people who previously wouldn't have the opportunities that they would without having become citizens, without having given the opportunity to come to America, my family and I would not be in the place that we are today. So did y'all get to vote together in 2016? Or are you 18? Can you vote? Uh, No, I'm only 17, actually. Okay, so that's kind of the next big step for the family, right? For all of you to go vote together. That would be a beautiful picture there. So tell us a little bit about what you did on a daily basis at the campaigns that you worked in. Were you calling people? Were you knocking on doors? What was that like? My most recent campaign for Jesse Johnson, we wanted to knock on doors, but obviously, like given our state's guidelines, that would just be a bit of a violation and just be unsafe. So my day-to-day work was called 
calling. So we would call about 10 hours a week, 10 to 11 hours, just phone banking constituents and voters in the district. And then on top of that, I was also a marketer. I helped with marketing and social media and we pumped out posts and campaign updates. It was a very small team and the race was just coming along very fast because the interns joined halfway through the election. So we were just like pumping out different posts and different materials and different media. So that's what I was also doing, just graphic design. And then on top of that, we were also designing ads, particularly video ads for the candidate. So I was working on that as well. And we met weekly just to discuss the candidate's policies, his stances on different political issues and how he could present them in media. He's very young, right? He's like 29 years old. Yeah, he's very young. And education is sort of his platform. So was that sort of what drove you to his campaign? Because you could have done any other campaign, right? Why this one specifically? Was it him as a candidate? Was it his stances that you aligned with? What was it? I was a page for the Washington State Legislature in 2020. And I came to my state capital to work for a representative. And the representative I worked for was Representative June Robinson, but there, obviously, if you're a page, you get to interact with the House of Representatives. And Jesse, at that time, he was a representative. And I got to meet him. And he stuck at it like a sore thumb. And what I mean by that was that like almost everyone in the House were white men. And we had a few white women, some people of color. But I think Jesse was probably one of like two or three, maybe black representatives. I just remembered him so well because like it was also his first time. He was a freshman legislator when I was there and he was so professional and he greeted us every morning and I also got to speak with him and he talked about his passions for education and about how he was actually an educator. He used to work as a paraeducator in the education system. So having already had that experience with him, I was familiar with him and then obviously I interviewed and I got to speak with him and his passions kind of correlated with mine. As I mentioned previously, I'm really passionate about education. That's probably the biggest social issue that I'm passionate about. And Jesse being an educator and someone who prioritizes equitable education made me feel very obligated to help him win his election. Yeah, so it sounds like it had a lot to do with who he is and it had to do with his policy stances that you align with. And what about your other campaign that you work with? Yeah, Jesse and this other person, they have pretty similar stances. The other person, Solomon Rajput, he ran on a platform for climate change. That was his biggest issue. And I'm also very passionate about climate change as well. Education is kind of my niche, but climate change is also very important to me. On a day-to-day -day basis for that campaign, I would also be phone banking. There was a bigger emphasis on phone banking than there was on media and policies. The interns didn't get to have as much involvement in the actual running of the campaign. It was mostly phone banking, but we met with a candidate about twice a week to discuss his policies and to talk about like what's going on in the race. And interns who were interested, including myself, we had the opportunity to meet with him on different occasions to help him draft out his policy platforms. So very similar. It sounds like you found an issue and you also found somebody that you aligned with. I am curious to know what kind of skills you developed while working for this political campaigns or volunteering? Well, were you working? Were they paying you or were they volunteer positions? 
the first position, the one with Solomon Rashput, that was totally voluntary. And then the second position with Jesse Johnson, that one was paid. The first with Solomon Rashput, that was my very first time working in a political campaign. And it was kind of a bit of a, a shock because I didn't know so much went into political campaigns. And it was a lot of work just calling everyone. He was a beginner to the candidate. He ended up losing his election. Um, it was his first time running for office ever. And I was just really shocked by the amount of money and the amount of commitment that had to go into this election and for him to only ended up not even winning. It was a big investment of resources, time and energy. So that was just like a big learning experience for me. And then the second campaign, the paid one with Jesse Johnson, that one, the campaign was much smaller. There were only a few interns. The other campaign was like a mass campaign. Like there were so many phone bankers because there were so many volunteers. But the paid one, we got to actually like have one-on-one involvement with the actual candidate. Like we worked very closely together. And that allowed me to really develop a better understanding of how our government works because I was constantly helping Jesse with his policies and we were constantly talking about politics. And he was kind enough to not only meet with us to discuss the campaign, but also because so many of us were young. Some of us were in high school, some of us were in college, some of us have graduated college and we were all interested in politics and he took the time out of his day regularly to just answer our questions about working in electoral politics and just being a part of that campaign and actually having like the creative freedom to market or do media or help Jesse draft his policies however I just gained a really thorough understanding of electoral politics that I would have not been able to gain if I wasn't on a campaign it gives you the actual practicality on, on how things work, right? Like, obviously, we read things on, in books, and we take history classes and government classes. But I think it's actually when you roll up your sleeves and begin the sausage making of policy writing and policy drafting that you kind of like it clicks and you kind of get it. Well, let me ask you, when you were calling people, did you get anybody that was a little rude? And if so, how did you handle that? And the reason why I ask is because the first political campaign that I ever volunteered for was for the Houston mayor when I was in college and she happens to be lesbian and I just remember like having to defend her sexuality over the phone right and here I was like 18 19 right I'm like okay well but don't you want to hear what she wants to do about housing like can we move on to her transportation policy and to me that was really hard to know how to handle those conversations so I'm wondering if you had any hard conversations with strangers over the phone yeah that actually is a very common occurrence especially for Solomon's campaign the first campaign I worked for. We worked a lot more on that campaign because phone banking was such a big part of our responsibility. So we were calling a lot and almost every shift I had, there was at least one person who was a little unkind or a little unpleasant. And that would vary. Sometimes I would just try to talk it out with them, but sometimes I would just have to come to the conclusion that this person probably is not going to vote for my candidate anyway and to just hang up when I need to because there are really unkind people and I I have realized now, not just in campaigns, but there are just some stances that I hold that I can't convince everyone of. Solomon Rajput in particular, he was a new candidate. It was his first time running for office in Michigan. So people were not familiar with him. People were already familiarized and comfortable with the incumbent. So there was a lot of talk about how young he was and I had to defend his age. And also he was a person of color running against a white incumbent. So there was a lot of racism 
against microaggressions as well. But it got to a point now where I understand that sometimes you just have to hang up during the Jesse Johnson campaign. Jesse would call with us sometimes too and make those phone banking calls. And we've discussed that he thinks that it's best for our safety and our well-being to just not engage with just unproductive discourse. Sometimes those calls where people are being mean, the silver lining is that I can research their stances. Sometimes like they have reasons behind like why they're so hesitant about the candidate and I have the opportunity to do further research and get back to them and try to convince them to vote for my candidate. But there's just some people who are outright bigoted and they probably aren't going to vote for the candidate anyway. So it's really pointless to try to engage in that sort of unproductive discourse. You are so wise for your age. This is incredible because that is a hard lesson to learn, especially in political campaigns, right? You kind of have to categorize your voters on who can I actually convince and take them over to the other side and who, no matter what I say, what I do, because of who my candidate is, they're just not going to vote for them. And, and And I think that is so hard to swallow because you want everybody to love your candidate as much as you do but you're right you know sometimes the unpleasant conversations are not needed because guess what there's a hundred more people that are willing to have a conversation that it's kind of worth it to have those combos with because in campaigns time is of the essence and time is the most important resource that you can have now you are off to college do you think you're going to continue to be involved in political campaigns or was this like a one-time thing you liked it you learned from it you're ready to move on to something different. I think in college, I would definitely pursue political campaigns because I'm very passionate about politics. So in college, I plan on being a part of political advocacy in some way, whether it be political campaigns, protesting, activism, whatever it may be. I want to advocate for policy. The last question I have for you before we finish this interview is what tips or advice do you have for other first generation college students who might be thinking about getting involved in political campaigns and advocacy as they are going through high school, such as yourself? My biggest advice is honestly just to get involved. And I know like that sounds really abrupt and kind of big and it can be intimidating if you've never been involved in a political campaign. But it's actually quite easy to get involved once you are familiar with them and once you're aware of their existence, because they're kind of everywhere. There's so many politicians and they're always looking for help. So it's very easy to get involved. And the other thing that I would say is also to be mindful of why you're getting involved in political campaigns and to also be mindful of like why other people may be getting involved. Because I know a lot of people in political campaigns kind of suffer from imposter syndrome a lot of different things just everyone kind of there's a big niche of very accomplished students especially when you're in college and high school political campaigns there's a lot of students like who are really really accomplished and you can kind of feel out of place like am I even qualified to help this candidate am I qualified to work on this campaign among these more accomplished people and what I say to that is to just like remember that you're here on a political campaign or like you're joining a political campaign to help others because electing this candidate can mean that they can represent your community and your people so that would just be my advice to be mindful of who you are as an individual and focus on helping your community and not worrying about how qualified or unqualified you may think you are. 
what you're saying not only resonates in campaigns, but it's something I think that all of us continue to experience in different pieces of our work, right? You're going to experience that inadequacy, if you will. Once you go to college at Columbia, you're going to experience it. I can tell you from a personal life at corporate America and nonprofits, governments. So that feeling doesn't quite always go away, but I think your advice is super spot on, which is you are there for something bigger than yourself, right? And at the end of the day, you truly believe that this candidate is going to make people's lives better. So do your part, right? Like you're, we're not there to compare each other, but we're there to help this one individual make lives better. And I, and I think that is so beautiful that, the way you put it. Thank you so much for being on our podcast today. We wish you the best of luck. We cannot wait to have you again once you're settled in Colombia so we can have a different discussion about education, which is greatly needed as well. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This has been very wonderful and enlightening. Next, we will transition over to Pablo, who's a sophomore at Northwestern University, also a first-gen, who will talk about getting involved here in Houston at a local election. Hi, Pablo. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing amazing. Thank you for having me. Of course. So tell our audience a little bit about yourself. My name is Pablo Rodriguez. I'm a second year at Northwestern University studying learning and organizational change with the minor in transportation and logistics with the possible minor in Portuguese. I was born in Cadereyta Jimenez, Nuevo Leon, Mexico. I moved to Houston when I was around three years old and just been living and grew up in Houston ever since. And I'm currently yeah, living in Evanston in college. So tell me, what exactly are you studying? It's called learning and organizational change. So it's a specific major that it's offered in the School of Education and Social Policy at Northwestern. So the major is focused on just learning how normal, like just regular organizations work from nonprofits to religions to campaigns, you could say, to anything that has to do with people working together to get things done. So we study how structures that organizations could use, how can you motivate people efficiently. So we are learning about how new innovations are changing the the way that companies run we're saying how there's new strategies to how to make people work with like online learning and online working how is that changing how organizations are running I love it. So essentially, you are learning strategies and probably organization charts and how people interact with each other in various entities. So that's super cool. I do a lot of that for my work in the nonprofit and in the private sector. So I wish I would have had a class like that, but I didn't. So I've been learning a lot on the job. And so what made you decide to pick that major? As a first generation student, something that I really appreciate is that my mom kind of let me study whatever I wanted. I didn't have any outside pressure of having to be a doctor or lawyer, you know, to make your parents proud. So that allowed for me to just really enjoy the classes that I was taking and just really just going out there and exploring what I was interested in, what I wanted to do. So I really just did that. And I changed my major probably like five times to this day. It's been an amazing experiences. I got to take classes I hated, classes I love. And in the end, I was able to find this one and I just loved it. I think that is a big takeaway for many of our first gen listeners. It is okay to explore. It is okay to not know what you're doing. And 
I love that part of your story because I think oftentimes we feel like we kind of have to have it figured out just because of the nature of being the first ones in our families, but we don't. And it's an exploration and a journey. So I'm really glad you took that time. So now we're going to pivot here a little bit and we're going to talk about your involvement in political campaigns, which totally makes sense given your major and given what you're interested in. So first tell me, how many political campaigns have you been involved in and which ones are they? I've been involved in two political campaigns. My first one was in the summer, kind of going towards the winter of 2019. And it was for Isabel Longoria. She was running for city council in District H. And then my second one was my first year of college over here in Illinois. I live in Evanston, but the neighborhood like city suburb is called Skokie. And they had a state race happening where one of the candidates she was running to become just the representative. So she was kind of involved with Northwestern and she had a few people from Northwestern like volunteering and working for her. So I just really, after the experience that I had from my first campaign and really enjoying it, I wanted to keep giving back, I guess, to my communities that I was becoming part of. So that's that's when I decided to do the second one. So those are two ones that I've been part of. That is super cool. And just so you know, I worked a little bit for former city council Ed Gonzalez from District H. So it's really cool that you also were working to elect somebody in District H. Do you live in that district that you were canvassing in? It was the one closer to me because I live in Aldine and Aldine it's like this really weird it's like a census designated area in Houston so we don't really have a representative but we're still considered part of Houston the closest representative that I have was Isabel she wasn't really my representative but she's the closest one that to like my neighborhood just because of how weird like the Aldine area is so no one in your family has worked in political campaigns what motivated you to raise your hand and say I am excited to do this I would like to start working for this it kind of really started my senior year of high school so I attended uh, Yes Prep North Central in the north side of Houston. I took AP government. I hated anything to do with politics before this. Being more born in Mexico, I'm not from here so I'm actually a DACA recipient so I came vote. So that kind of took always I guess helped me against getting involved more in the political system just because I guess a lot of people get more of an exposure when they like when you're getting ready to register to vote when you're like 16, 17 and you start getting that exposure of being of your family or yourself being the first one to be part of the system and not having that it just really didn't catch my attention it's also just being undocumented and the political climate that was back then from immigration and just overall it just really I guess turned me off seeing that how bad it was and not having much hope it really motivated me and just I never had the interest in politics until my senior year when I finally took AP government and it just like literally changed my life I think now that I had the exposure of learning more about the actual system and my teacher that I I love so much she challenged me so much I learning about the system and how you could get involved outside of voting that was kind of my kind of exposure to how I started in political campaigns because I learned that you could get involved in the system and if I really wanted to see change especially like immigration for my family and myself I didn't have to complain I was like oh nothing's happening and I really had to start going out there and making it happen so that was kind of my starting motivation is really just wanting to start getting more involved and stop complaining that oh I don't like politics or the system's not for me I really just really want to start getting involved so that's my start to wanting to start getting into political campaigns and my teacher was actually the one that connected me with Isabel Longoria because they were mutual friends through a friend and Isabel actually went to talk to her class one day I wasn't there in class 
that day. So I didn't really get to meet her. So one day I just decided to talk to my teacher and I was like, Ken, is there any way you could give me her number or any or her email so I could reach out? And just, I was really getting interested in like public office, especially in the smaller areas. So city council, government, instead of senators and stuff like that. I really enjoyed more like the community aspect of politics. So the smaller, the better. She was thinking about that. And I actually, at this point, I didn't know that she was running. I just knew that she was working with the city or wanting to do something with the city, but I didn't know she was running. So she like had me over for a meeting just to kind of get to know each other. And by the end of it, she's like, oh, do you want to be my intern? And I was like, why not? And that was my start at my first campaign. And it was amazing. I actually did my thesis while I was at the Harvard Kennedy School on why Latinx youth get involved. So I my research was 16 to 25 year old. And what you mentioned resonates with my research, which is essentially that you get involved when you see politics impacting slash affecting your everyday life. So for you, it became very real because of your immigration story and because of immigration policy. So that totally is in line on what the research suggests. And then the second thing is, I want to know who is your AP government teacher, because that is an amazing story on how teachers continue to impact and influence the choices that we make. Her name is Stacy Cash. She's the most amazing teacher I had. It was a funny story because I started the high school that I well, the high school that I went yes prep is a middle school and high school. So I actually started late. I started my seventh grade year and she was my first teacher that I had. She was my homeroom teacher. So she was kind of helping me get through the ropes of being in a new school. That was like kind of my first connection with her. And then lucky for me, I was able to get her again my senior year as my AP government teacher. And she was also the debate coach, which I later she later got me into it. She just really was active in my life and she was just one of the persons that I get that I really say that believed in me before I believed in myself because even from a young age when I was back in seventh grade we took a trip I still remember this memory really vivid because it's probably one of the ones that helped me motivated me the most and it was seventh grade and we went to this university and there was nothing wrong with it but I was like oh I really want to come here like I really see myself here and she didn't mean it in a bad way but she's like Pablo you could do way better like you're really smart you could like aim for the stars I guess just seeing somebody tell me this it's something that I I've never gotten told before so having somebody believe in me that much that I could go somewhere as far as like a really good college really meant to me a lot so being able to have her as a teacher my senior year was amazing she really loved teaching she was a lawyer before that so she had some experience in law so that's why the class was even more interesting because she will be able to talk about the amendments and the court rulings more with experience of being a lawyer and to this day I still communicate with her because she's helped me so much so now she's actually a school lawyer and works with like students that are facing kind of like charges and stuff like that and helping them out so it's really interesting to see how much she's also done and she's helped me so much so she was kind of the real start for me to wanting to get into government just because she was kind of my exposure to that so it's been really beneficial that not only did she expose me to something that I was interested but she's always just been super there for me and always supporting me and motivating me that sounds amazing and she sounds great so a big shout out to her let's talk a little bit about Isabel here so there were many, many campaigns you could have gotten involved in. At that point, there were a lot of people in city council who were running. And I am wondering if there was something about Isabel's policy stances or her life that inspired you to say, yes, this is the person that I want to get behind. And this is the person that I'm going to spend a lot of time trying to get elected. This is an amazing question, because I think this is one of the reasons why it's one of the factors why I chose Isabel so much. Half of it's that turned out just to be like faith from being connected from 
from my teacher and just having that connection with Isabel. But the other one, just I really, really supported what Isabel stand for. And she just had a passion and love for what she was doing and for Houston that she like sold me on on the first day we met. I walked in into meeting her, not expecting to be part of intern, not expecting to be my first political campaign. I really just wanted to be able to talk to her, learn a little bit more about she, what she was doing just to kind of get clarity of possible careers or paths for me. And just from hearing how she talked about the changes she wanted to do, she had more progressive outlook and a really community-based outlook. Some of the things that I just got to do kind of getting ahead was I will go to community events. We'll go all over the Houston and talk to communities and people that she really cared about. I think one of the events that showed how much she cared about the people was it was election day and somebody walked up to me wanting to learn more about her. For some reason, he had like a lot of questions and concerns. And I was like, I was like, actually, let me see if I could call her and see if she could answer them for you. So I just called her and she took, I think like 10, 15, 20 minutes talking to this one voter voting day just about his concerns and policies. And I feel like that's what made the whole time really worth it. Just from that one moment and seeing that she took the time and it, it didn't matter. She could have done so much more with those 20, 30 minutes being election day of being the candidate trying to get more exposure on herself. But instead she took the time to really just talk to one voter and address his concerns. And I think that's what really drew me into her for her overall campaign. She was just so knowledgeable and she had a huge love for Houston that really sold me on that. She had so much experience from working different campaigns. She had the experience while also having the knowledge of what was happening in the community and have the policies to actually address them. And that's something I guess I never, I, I didn't really see in another candidate. And I brought up before, I also wanted to get involved in more smaller campaigns. I really wanted to get to know the politician. I didn't want to be in a campaign for like the city mayor or something that I was in. I was going to be more just knocking doors instead of really getting to meet the person that was running and the community. So I think that's something that really, the reason why I decided to do a smaller race like Isabel, because another of the races that were happening were like really big city council races, the uh, large ones that I was interested in maybe helping out because of the like just the influence that they have. But I really just ended up choosing Isabel just because how close I got to be with her. I was like her only intern. I was like her right hand man. So wherever she went, I was right behind her. So that was amazing. Just really being able to see all the things she had to do. I went to a few of her screenings for endorsements. She was in the Houston City Commission. And so I got to go to some of her meetings and that was amazing. Really what I wanted to get out of it and the reason why I chose Isbo, being able to get the exposure to more Houston politics and learning about Houston policies and people running. So all of that. It was just an amazing experience. Isabel was an amazing person. She was so knowledgeable, had so much passion for actually wanting to make some good change in Houston, especially with the I-45 expansion project. It's going to affect the HLI. And I know that was one of the reasons why I also chose her. One of my big things, I want to work in transportation. And one of the people that got me into wanting to work in transportation is actually Isabel. So she has had a huge impact on my life. And it's one of the reasons why I love campaign so much is because of the such positive experience that I was able to get just from getting to know her really well. I totally agree. I think that of all the candidates that were running that year, Isabel obviously was one of the most progressive. And you are right that I think all of us can talk about big ideas, but there's very few people that understand how you make those ideas a reality and what policy is needed. And, and obviously, to me, it was the biggest heartbreak when Isabel lost. Tell me a little bit about that moment. So what's going through your mind, right? You've already spent so many hours, right? And, and obviously, the experience is amazing for you as you're learning but what goes through your mind the night of the election and what are you thinking there like was it worth it at the end of the day I think it's always worth it no matter the outcome just because of the experience I got to get so close to somebody like Isabel I got to meet 
meet so many people running. I got to meet the mayor because I saw him at one of the meetings. I got to meet a lot of Isabella's friends that were also running. Amy was also running at that point and she actually won. So she was one of the ones that I got to meet. So it was just, I got to meet a lot of people that were running. So that was one of the positives. Over, overall, that night was crazy. I It was in one of her friend's house and the Heights because the Heights is one of part of the District H. And it was actually, the Heights is like a Christmas. They like showcase where just like everybody puts out lights and they close off the streets and people are walking and just it's around like Christmas time because this is when the election was happening and that the results were like December so it was like a really Christmassy time so it was an amazing day I still remember the day me and Isabel were walking down the high street just looking at the lights talking about how nervous we are of the results we were just waiting for it and as the night just got later and later and the results started coming in the whole time we were just really at the edge of our seats because it was just a super close race it was like 200 votes and then it went down to 100 and then it was 50 and then we'll go up to 80 and then come down to 30 so it was just such a like high stress night from not knowing the outcomes of it and just knowing that it was gonna be we knew it was gonna be a tough campaign going off on somebody that was already a democratic incumbent and Isabel being a more young progressive Latina in a district age so we, it was just kind of a ex- good experience and it was a lot of high stakes so that night when we saw the results we didn't really do much because Isabel was gonna do the counting when you count the votes again to see if there were like any boats that had to get cured or any boats that got missed so I guess they were trying to do that so that same night we didn't really celebrate as a win we didn't celebrate as a lose because we just needed to wait to see what were the results were not gonna be so that mostly was gonna happen but outside of that I would not change anything it's a weird thing because especially when it was such a close margin of just like 16 votes you start thinking of oh if I would have walked one more hour knocked on 10 more doors made 20 more phone calls you always start thinking of the oh that one more that if I would have done a little bit more we may have won and everybody was like thinking that but in the end of the day things happen we tried our best we had a really good campaign I enjoyed every single moment of it there's not one thing that I regret from the whole campaign I think that's something that I really enjoy and really appreciate yeah Paolo and I just want to emphasize here it was 16 votes one six and, and I just remember that night when it happened and it is ludicrous because for those people out there who think well my vote does not matter like 16 votes matters so much and you're right because you do begin to do all the different scenarios in your head that if only I would have done x or y or z right things would have been different but it's just so hard to know if all the things would have been different but to the point is every vote counts and every vote matters for those of our first gens listening out there who are hesitant to get registered to vote it matters because the future of our city the future of your city is in your hands but I'm going to pivot here for a second and I want to talk a little bit about being a first generation college student in this political campaigns. So you mentioned a lot of the good, right? Of you get a lot of experience and exposure and you get to know the candidate. But are there certain obstacles and challenges that you think are associated with being a first gen in a political campaign? In my point of view, I don't think so as much just because of how we live in a country that is not as politically involved. So knowledge of campaigns and how even sometimes the system of works, regular Americans don't really know. So I don't really see it as a first gen problem, but more as a general one that just more people need to get involved in our political system if that's campaign voting writing to the representatives it just it looks in so many different ways so I don't think the problem is more of it looks differently being first gen it's more of just not everybody likes getting involved in our political system so not everybody knows about it so it just you know you, as much as, as you start getting involved you start learning about the system that's something that I just figured out before I didn't want to learn anything about politics so that's why I didn't know anything about it as soon as you start getting involved you really start learning about it you get more knowledgeable about it 
it. So I don't think it's more of like the struggles of knowing. But I guess I guess the struggle of is is that you normally don't have the exposure that your parents had could give you to the system. So like my mom doesn't know how the political system in Houston works. She doesn't know what like the mayor does. She probably doesn't know what the city council does. And it's stuff that you may be able to learn from asking your parents. So I guess that is the disadvantage. You may not have that easy resource of just, oh, let me go ask my mom or let me go ask my uncle that been here for the longest and know how the system works just from being here. So I guess that's the disadvantage, but just being able to live in, in the society with technology now, you're just able to kind of find that out. So there is a disadvantage that you may not have. And I guess one of the things that get a lot of people into campaign is when they have that personal connection. So I guess that is a disadvantage that not having parents that bow or parents that know what's going on politically. We don't get involved politically just because we don't get exposure. And I think that's why it's important that we get involved just because we don't have that premature exposure that really starts getting people interested in politics. And it took me all the way to my senior year for me able to get that exposure. So I think that now that I'm like talking about it, I get that that is the disadvantage that we don't have or parents have the knowledge to pass it down to us. It really takes us to do the work, which also it's a lot of times we don't, we have a lot of stuff to do. So it just, it, it does create that disadvantage. Yeah, for sure. I think the exposure piece is, is a big variable. I think on another thing, at least that I've experienced is when I was in college, I was a fellow slash volunteer for Mayor Parker when she was running her second time. And it was an unpaid internship. To me, that was really hard because I could have worked somewhere else and, and gotten paid. And that was a hard trade off. Do I go somewhere else and, and get paid for what I do? Or do I go knock on doors, make phone calls, work on van as opposed to going to make money? And, and I don't know if that was a similar experience for you. And if you had to make that trade off and how you reconciled it. Yes, yeah, so it was my senior year, a quick timeline. The kind of campaign started June, July of that summer 2019. I actually left August. So there was like four months of the campaign that I missed out because I wasn't in Houston. I was actually back in Illinois. And then I went back in December and I just jumped in back for like a week or two, I think, before election day. So I didn't really have to struggle with having to work around it with schoolwork or work because it happened in the summer and thing. I was still working, but it just I think some of the things that just really worked really well of being to know the person I was working with that was Isabel was that I was just able to work around my schedule. So whenever I would be like, okay, I'm not working this day. Do you want to go block walk? I was just being able to have the person that was running right in front of me made things so much easier for me to be able to work around my schedule just because I was able to just talk to her when I was able to work when when she had an event, I was able to like figure it out around my schedule. So that helped a lot. And in addition, I was fortunate enough where I didn't really need money that summer. I was still working, but I didn't really need that pressure of wanting to work more and more money. So I was able to just kind of do it for the exposure and learning. And you, as you could tell, I really enjoyed the time. It didn't really seem as work because it wasn't just knocking on doors the whole time. It wasn't just making phone calls, but just really able to talk to Isabel, asking her about her views and like a $15 minimum wage on how can we fix this. So I think that's one of the things that also made it really worth it. Just from any time we'll drive anywhere, I'll just ask her about policies or views that she had. That kind of was not to be the kind of corny, but that was like enough paid for me. And luckily enough, Isabel was kind enough to, at the end of the campaign, she gave me like a little grant for working with her that wasn't planned of me working with her. But just from at the end of it, she would just really appreciate the work that I did. So she gave me like a small little scholarship, she said to like help me with college and stuff like that. So it shows that it is a challenge because it's something that's really crucial. But also with Isabel being such a just a nice person and just being more progressive, a lot of the progressive work is to really pay people for what they're doing because that's the whole point is being able 
know, left people that need the help. It just shows how she really was motivated to like kind of act on what she was saying. So I didn't really, I didn't really get to experience that problem as much. But now that you like brought it up, it is a huge problem that is still talked about not only in like political campaigns, but just on paid internship overall, just because of who has the exposure to get some. And especially, I know a lot of the time gets brought up in Washington with political campaigns in Washington that a lot of them try to get on paid or even the state legislator. So I think that is a huge problem that we need to address and start advocating for more is to be able to have access to more paying jobs so a lot of first-gen and low-income students can have more access to them instead of having to work to help their families or anything or any other priorities they may have. Yeah, for sure. And you're right, a lot of the times it is a trade-off, but it shouldn't be, right? I think we could get more first-generation college students involved if we do make these positions paid, which I get it, right? Like campaigns a lot of the times don't have the resources, but I am happy to hear that Isabel did do something. And of course, it is to her character. That to me, it just speaks super highly of her. And more than anything, that you got so much exposure and thinking, because at least in my job, I think that's what I value the most, sitting with people that have thought through problems way longer than I have, and to hear what their thoughts are, what their positions, how they think about solving them. So yes, I agree with you 100%. That in itself is invaluable. So to wrap this up, I just want to ask you, do you have any tips for any other first generation college students who are interested in political campaigns on how they can get involved and maybe also how they can balance their schoolwork with the political campaigns? I guess my first advice is to just really try anything out there. Always throw a big net and you'll catch something. So just really look for as much opportunities as possible, probably campaigns, but also make sure that it's something that you're going to be motivated and really enjoy. Like don't do it because you have to or because like this candidate is famous. Do it for because the candidate stands for what you stands for because it's fighting for what you want to like fight for as well. So that's like really important. I think that's one of the reasons why my experience with Isabel was so amazing just because we had a lot of similar views and we really cared about the community and wanting to help the community and I was really able to through her. So just being able to really look through candidates that share your values and just try to see what campaigns you want to get involved. There's so many different campaigns. There's, you know, city council, there's the city mayor, there's senate representatives, there's the state representatives, there's house of representatives, there's like the city controller and more like the smaller ones that still have to run. There's the like the your school board. There's a lot of interest. If you're like don't want to specifically want to get involved in a political campaign, there's still political campaigns that have a general more focus on infrastructure development. There's like offices that have to do with healthcare. There's more election like judges and people that run the election. So there's just a wide range of also fields and campaigns that if you don't really want to get more towards like, you know, the really political ones, you could go more into the ones that are still political, but also have a structure and kind of focus in it. But overall, just really get involved. Never say, never throw out an opportunity for not knowing and just always be open, always try new things and always ask for help. I think that's one of the things that we take for granted a lot. It's that we are too scared to ask for help. And the whole reason why I was able to work with Isabel, just after missing an opportunity, I just asked for somebody number. I texted Isabel a random time. Can we like meet for lunch one day? And I had no idea what I was going to ask her. I had no questions. I didn't know what she really did. I didn't know what her job was. I didn't know anything about Isabel, but I was like, a lunch won't hurt. So always think about that. Like one little conversation won't hurt you. One Google search. So just really take the opportunity to get involved and learn more about your community. It's really important that we start getting involved in the system and our community. So yeah, so just really getting out there and making sure that you're using your voice. That's awesome. Thank you so much for all those great tips. And with that, we want to thank you for taking the time to chat with us and share your 
your experiences with other fellow first gens. We hope you have an awesome Saturday. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was an amazing experience to be here. I'm so glad that you had me. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So that's it, folks. On today's episode, we talked to Khan and Pablo, who talked about working for something bigger than themselves. Both of them had an issue that interests them. For Khan, it was education and the environment. And for Pablo, it was transportation and immigration. Both of them decided to spend a bit of their time giving back and ensuring that we were electing people that they were proud of. This beautiful thing called democracy doesn't just happen overnight. It takes a lot of hard work, it takes a lot of campaigning, and it takes a lot of dedication to candidates we believe. Win or lose, both of our guests said that it was a worthwhile experience because not only did they get to work with some pretty awesome candidates, but they were out there in the field fighting the good fight of making their city, state, and country better. Until next time.